All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here. You're listening to the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network on Inside the Rebels. Hope you had a great weekend. NFL draft, we got to dive into that. A rough baseball weekend up in Arkansas, we, we have to dive into that. And really, those are the two main things. There's always maybe a little bit of recruiting that we'll throw on the show, and we'll see where that goes. But but like I said, I hope you did have a great weekend, whatever you did. I, I have to imagine most of you, you did the sit at the house and watch the NFL draft thing, as you should have. And it was a very good day. Six Rebels end up going in the draft. It was not exactly like people expected with Matt Corral dropping. Who saw Sam Williams being the first Ole Miss player taken? Nobody would be the answer to that. But but I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Sam Williams. Ends up going to the, the Dallas Cowboys. And, um, you know, I think that's a good place for him. Honestly, I think that's a good place for him. Dallas has had you know a lot of success with with defensive ends and defensive players like Sam Williams in general, and I was very happy for it. And then Matt Corral goes after him. Um, God, where did Matt Corral end up going? Ninety four. I'm having a brain cramp. I spent all weekend at um, spent all weekend watching my kids play baseball. Most of it. Connor had a game pitch Saturday night. Shout out, I'm always going to give this. Shout out to Northwest Rankin, moves on to the third round of the MHSAA playoffs. Um, Connor threw six shutout innings on Saturday. We won that one 5 nothing. Watch Nick Monastere throw a, a three-hit shutout on Friday. I'm not going to get into all that, but probably the best baseball player in Mississippi is headed to Southern Miss. But, uh, but I did that for most of the weekend. And then, you know, I'm trying to recoup yesterday and get prepared for today. Um, Sam Williams goes pick 56 to the Cowboys. Matt Corral, of course, to the Carolina Panthers and pick 94. Now, the thing about Corral going in round three, okay, let's let's try to make a little sense of, of that. Look, for a little while, I, I wasn't sure he was going in the third round. You know, you start getting nervous as you get into day two, and, you know, we are we're nearing the end here. And I don't, I don't know what to make of what's out there about why he dropped. I don't know. I could do the speculation thing, which a lot of people have done. You know, I know Ian Rappaport said something on the NFL Network that got into personal stuff off the field. I really don't know what to make of all that. I think in, in hindsight, the NFL just didn't like the quarterbacks this year in general. That's got nothing to do with Matt Corral directly. But, you know, some of these prognosticators, it's almost like they feel like they have to throw somebody in the first round. Surely somebody's going to take a quarterback. And this was that year where you just didn't have a whole lot of guys that were viewed as that type of quarterback. Of course, Pickett goes to Pittsburgh in the middle of round one. But that's just obviously now looking back, that's what it was. I don't know in particular what they didn't like about Matt Corral to make him drop to the third. I think he ends up in a good a good place. I mean, it's not like Sam Darnold is this guy that's unbeatable as a starter. And honestly, I had forgotten that Matt Rule was, was the coach up there. 
and they tweeted that out, the Panthers organization, the conversation between Matt Corral and, and Coach Matt Rule, and that sounded great. Uh, hopefully he'll have a real opportunity there to win a job. I think Matt Corral's a good player. Now, did it come down to the Wonderlick score, or do they think about things like that? Or, you know, how did he interview in person? Those kinds of things. I do know this. Oftentimes, this and this happens with the draft all the time. And I do understand it because I'm doing something similar in, in this recruiting stuff. When you start breaking down people and you start breaking down what they can do and hey, we, we're offering a scholarship to this guy. We we have to know about him. Or we're going to draft this guy high in the draft and we're going to pay him a ton of money. We really have to know what we're doing here. You can overanalyze this thing, if you know what I mean. And what happens is the longer you ever just like stare at a page or stare at something, and the longer you look at something, it's you don't recognize anything anymore. You know, you look at something first and you know things pop out this like that, like that. And then after a while, that stuff doesn't pop out anymore. You start breaking it down to the point of things that really don't matter a whole lot. Well, we're not going to take him really didn't like the interview or I just don't know about him. We really didn't click here. Now the Wonderlick score and all that and. You know, I don't know if this, I mean, you start looking at things and you, and you put it on par with what someone did on the field. And that is a huge mistake. It's a, it's an enormous mistake. The film, the tape, the video, what a player does on the field has to be infinitely well ahead of all of these other variables. Um, Matt Corral is not a bad person. You start getting into all that stuff. And I, I get into this. And even if he was, which I have no idea what he's like off it, even if he was, I get into this sometimes. There's a thing as character and football character. You've seen a lot of guys that they might have issues off the field, whatever that is. But then their teammates talk glowingly about them. And when you watch them play, they check every box. They have football character. They compete. They're winners. I, I know that guy has that because I've seen that. I'd be very surprised if he's not good with the Panthers. Now, what does that mean? At some point, he will have a team that he is starting for and is considered his. What he does with that's up to him. Said the same thing about Dak Prescott when he came out of college and ends up drafted similarly. At some point, these guys, you think they'll have a team and they'll have a shot to be the guy long-term. Matt Corral will get that shot, and that's all you can ask for. He'll get a nice payday, and, and I'm pulling for him. Hope he goes and does well. I hope Sam Williams does well. Now, the other four that end up going, look, these aren't all the names that people thought were going. Snoop Connor ends up the first running back from Ole Miss taken off the board. Got taken by the, uh, the Jaguars in the fifth round. Chance Campbell ends up going to the Titans in the sixth. Uh, Dean Leonard goes in the seventh round to the Chargers, and also Mark Robinson goes in the seventh round to Pittsburgh. I was happy about that one. Like Mark Robinson is a is a good story, an awesome story, a made for TV kind of story. I hope that guy works. Uh, works out in Pittsburgh, man. And, and of all places he could go, if he's going to match a city, 
and match a coach with Mike Tomlin, like that guy ended up in the perfect place for him to stick. So hopefully he goes and he does well. And then there are all these undrafted free agents that you start seeing their names come off the board. You know, Ben Brown didn't get drafted. I hated that for him, but hopefully it works out in Cincinnati. You know, Jerry on Ely didn't get drafted, but at least on paper, it looks like a good fit with him going to Kansas City. I mean, he fills a role that they now need. And we'll see if if he sticks there. Hopefully that works out for Jerry. And uh, Dontario Drummond also going to Dallas. Jalen Jones going to Chicago. Jalen played, feels like, forever at Ole Miss. And hopefully he sticks in the NFL. Then Braylon Sanders ends up in Miami. And uh, and Trigus Tisdale goes to Cincinnati. And that's your NFL draft for this year. We'll see what happens. Six guys going. In the draft is a big number for Ole Miss. That's upper echelon of the SEC, at least top half, what I mean there. That's top half of the SEC in terms of numbers. You do that every year, then you're putting out talent. But the guy that everybody was talking about was Matt Corral. And I, like I said, don't really know what happened there, but uh, but he ends up, I think, in a pretty good situation with – Matt Rule was a good coach in, in college. You know, he was this big deal when he went to the NFL. What he did at Baylor was was off the charts, big time. So you you hope that is a good pairing. I know Matt Corral does. I think his skill set matches well with the NFL. If he stays healthy, he's not the biggest guy. The only thing I really worry about with him, two things really. If he doesn't stay healthy because he's not the biggest guy, that's an issue for anybody that's not the biggest guy in that league. And then secondly, I do think this is an issue, not to tie it to Wonderlick or anything like that. I hope he doesn't end up in a system that just overly complicates everything. And it feels like the NFL does that on occasion. Lane Kiffin was able to build something that accentuated the guy's positives and used his talent. If Matt Rule will do that, uh, he has a chance. I think he has a real chance to be a solid NFL quarterback. Now, the the other news that we have to get into the baseball weekend. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. This is where we are. They had a chance to take a series from Arkansas, who is a very good team at number four in the country. This is on the road. It was right there. They win the opener on Friday, and then they drop the next, or was it Thursday? I can't remember now. It doesn't matter. I think it was Thursday. Anyway, they dropped the next two, right? What's Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I can't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My days start mixing together. But they had a shot at this thing. And this is the takeaway, in my opinion. You know, everybody talks about the pitching and they don't have the the frontline guy. And now they're getting that. And then Hunter Elliott gives them a start and they get that. It's not the pitching. Like they just can't come up with big hits. And that's borderline shocking considering how they swung it last year. Like, of all the things that would end up being an Achilles heel this year, I did not see that coming. Uh, The lineup just doesn't produce at anything near the level that you thought they would. If the lineup was swinging it and they were, you know, all cylinders firing, pistons firing, whatever, throw in there saying, if they were swinging it, they would be winning some, some baseball games right now, but it's just not happening. And now they're at a place this weekend is, it's not the season because you still have a couple of weekends left. But Missouri team 
also that's fighting just to get to the postseason. You can't finish in those bottom two spots in the league. And that's where the Rebels are sitting right now. Missouri's sitting down there with them. I think Kentucky's sitting down there also. You can't drop two out of three. You get Missouri coming in here at home. Ole Miss is a better team. Like things haven't clicked, and you know how baseball is. Sometimes things just they snowball on you, and it feels like they're in that place. And when you get in that place, it's really hard to turn it around. It's just the way the game works. It's difficult. But the good thing is if you can get it flipped around, sometimes it can go the other way. But this weekend's crucial for this season. Just get in postseason and see what happens. I'm not saying they're capable of this. I don't know. I would say no, but I'm I'm not saying they can do it. If they got in the postseason and then went on a run and did something that lived up to the early season billing, fans would in large part, you'd forget about the regular season. But you don't have that chance if you don't get there. So this weekend is a big deal. Now, a couple of other things real quick. I put on the board a note about Aiden Williams. I was talking to somebody this weekend, four-star wideout out of Ridgeland that everybody's after. I don't want to seem overly skeptical. Uh, the note that I put up about him, I think the feeling is the relationship with Ole Miss has been so long, and in particular, Derek Nix has had a relationship with that kid for a long enough time and going far enough back. There's a feeling of in the Ole Miss camp that they will win out in the end because of that, that uh, maybe all things get at least close to equal in terms of whatever you're looking at and however the NIL stuff shakes out and fit on a campus and the offensive system and all those things that you're looking into. But there's a feeling that the relationship there goes way back and that's a positive for Ole Miss. I do think that's a positive. And I do think they collectively have really recruited the kid well. And in particular, Derek Nix has recruited him well. It's just, uh, I can be a little skeptical of these things because it feels like at the end you get down to, you know, more numbers and more just hard numbers where with whatever the NIL stuff is now and how all that goes down. I can be a little skeptical of the relationship stuff, but I get where they're coming from. And I haven't crystal balled him to Ole Miss, but if I had to pick a school today, um, I would pick Ole Miss, but I can't tell you I would do that with any level of of great confidence. But the Ole Miss would be my pick today. And then the other note that I put up, there's this freshman kid at Brandon High School. I was talking to somebody about him yesterday. His name's Preston Ashley, ninth grade kid. He's a 5'11", 160-pound corner defensive back that, you know, you, I hear names of these middle school kids coming through or somebody will DM me or a coach will call me. Hey, just to put this kid on your radar. Not that I'm going to call him because I'm not. He's going into the ninth grade. Not calling him right now. I might see him or even if I called him, I'm not, I wouldn't put up a story right now. I just, ah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. But he is a name to know. And the reason I bring it up is this. I was told his dad is Tyrone Ashley. I remember Ty, uh, Tyrone Ashley from back in the day. And yeah, he can run too. And so can his kid. Um, they they tell me that he's already 4 six forty kind of a player last year as an eighth grader. He will be practicing and going through spring with the varsity at Brandon and has a chance to play next year as a ninth grader. And that is very hard to do with these big schools. But I just wanted to drop that name on you. It's Preston Ashley, somebody to watch from Brandon High School. And as far as today is concerned, not much else is going on. There's a softball game. I think uh, the, the Rebels host Tennessee in softball tonight. 
So we'll see what happens there. You enjoy your Monday. Don't work too hard. And hopefully you have a great week. We'll be back here tomorrow to do this again. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Podcast on the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. You guys have a great day. Appreciate y'all.